a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Yeah, there it is. When that robot voice comes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whatever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to Woo! Especially if you're one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or hey, maybe you're just passing the time during a hurricane. Because that's a thing that exists now. I don't know. Whatever the case, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness. Because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their support makes this show possible and we get to keep making new episodes because of our patrons in exchange they get some cool stuff including ad free versions of the show video versions of the show on demand and a bevy of extra content bonus content just for patrons including feeling this the show all about the feelings behind video games with christian spicer and alex solman fantastic an entire first season second season's trucking right along We also have the Wednesday paid DLC program described in our Discord this week as a show too funny to listen to while you're working out because it could cause injury. I just report it, folks. Also, you've got the audio version of the DLC book club. So much bonus content, ladies and gentlemen, for your audio and visual delights. And that's all for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who also made landfall on the West Coast for the first time, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian! Hello, Jeff. Did you did you feel it? Did you was that? Did did we 
Is it real? What's going? Is that another alert for the phone? Okay, yeah. The internet is holding, and I am here. I am happy to be here. So far, so good. Uh, fingers, f- fingers crossed. It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, and I'm here podcasting. The, the, we should take bets <laughs> as to how long we last before uh, internet goes, power goes, and uh, hey, the I've show. solo showed. It's your turn, baby. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll be with you for uh, an entire ninety plus minutes, ladies and gentlemen, because we have. A fantastic guest with us, ladies and gentlemen. We have, you know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Director of Live Action Cinema because we have the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, the director of Prey, and the director of a very highly regarded TJ Maxx commercial. No, no. AJ Wright. AJ Wright. I don't even know <laughs> what it was. It's Dan Trachtenberg, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Dan. Hello. Is that is that this? Have you used that one before? The live action cinema. I don't know. Have I? Cool. I don't. I don't I look it, it up. It's great. Is it all right? I okay. I love it. As yeah. long as you approve, that's all I care about. Uh, thank you for being here. Dan is also in the uh, in the eye of the storm. I guess you guys are. In this, this wacky world we're living in where now hurricanes can hit the West Coast, how is everybody doing? Everybody safe? Everybody dry? How are you doing? We're safe, we're safe and dry. I'm um, going to plug the video version of DLC where you can watch live throughout the broadcast behind Christian uh, in his windows to see just how turbulent the storm <laughs> will get. I'm Part of me is hoping that at some point, like a tree smashes <laughs> back there and terrifies Jeff and I. And, that's, um, the, that's the yeah. action director in Dan right there. He's yeah, just like, yeah. if I get it's final destination, if I get yeah. final destination, we owe royalties, you know? So I don't, uh, I just yeah. want, I want Christian to be bot- podcasting as the water level just slowly rises and he just keeps going. He's like, I need to finish well, my thoughts on well, video Jeff. games. I can't talk about Starfield. Hopefully, uh, all our jokes don't sound crass because hopefully, no one is injured and everything is safe. And uh... at this point, no one has been. That's why exactly it's safe yeah. to make these remarks. Yes, we have a big show for you, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's the week before Gamescom, so all the news is sort of percolating. There's nothing big popping off, but we're going to have fun talking about the stuff that is happening. Plus, we have some awesome games to tell you about, some really cool stuff. So strap in, and let's get the show started the way we always do, with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments or questions or anything you'd like to know. We welcome your correspondence at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Other ways to get a hold of us and be part of the community, we have a subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com and a Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on Discord with great folks hanging out, talking about all sorts of cool stuff. Take part. Participate, be a member of the community. It's good fun. But Dan, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? I actually thought it would be interesting to talk about No Man's Sky for the hundredth time on your on your show. As an avid listener, 
Uh, I'm well aware how often you guys have talked about it in its various forms, but it's interesting to talk about it in, in light of that uh, seven year montage video that was um, released this week and on the cusp of, is cusp the right word? Yes. Uh, on the eve, on the eve yes. of Starfield um, about to come out and we will all find out does No Man's Sky continue to be relevant or do we all move on to the next iteration uh, spiritually of it yeah. uh, in Starfield? Um, but looking back at that video, A, it's incredible to see really how far. we, we I don't know that we often look at that at, at, at a um, back-to-back in one breath watching the evolution of one game. Um, I think it'd be interesting... It's interesting to think about if there's so much in this game now. And I know that, uh, listen, you guys, everyone's picked it back up again in different phases and put, put it back down again. I have as well. I have I played it when it came out, uh, then put it to bed, then picked it back up again, then put it to bed. On P- I was playing PlayStation 4, then I played it on PC. And um, and and I my, my fingers always, I delete it to make room for another game. I will not delete it for too long of a time because I'm like, I'm going to go back in and then something might, the hard drive just pushes the limits and I have to make room, but I'm always hovering on install. Now is now the time. Am I in the mood for that again? Um, it remains a favorite of mine on steam. Even if it's not downloaded, it's still in my favorite. So it's yeah. always right. It's always <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> I actually just, just recently discovered you can hide game. Like some games like remain there and I'm like, I want to not even look at it. You know, it's, 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 it's pulling me, um, but no man's sky as well for me. Uh, and, but I, what I, what I was wondering is how the three of us think we would feel if all of that game had come out on release, would we have been overwhelmed by it? Would any of us had seen as much as it had, has had to offer have we benefited from, has the game benefited from being released installments where we get, we popped back in to try this version of it? Has it, does it have the legs it has? Or, you know, there, it, we all are very much aware of upon its release being disappointed by it not being what it promised. And if it had all that, would we have not had that? It wouldn't have had all the Michigas about it and we would have, you know, it wouldn't have received any criticism perhaps. Um, and then also, like, will it matter after after Starfield? You know, um, <laughs> man, those are all excellent questions. I, you know, j- just to catch people up, th- this video that was released uh, is teasing. Uh, you know, it's ostensibly its its job was to tease the next big update for No Man's Skies, which they're calling Echoes. But really, all they showed was a little logo that said Echoes and kind of lingered with some interesting typography, but. Really, what it was is exactly as Dan described. It's this incredible progression uh, that is that is chronological of every single update that has happened to No Man's Sky in the seven years since it has launched. My first question, actually, Dan, is: Does it feel like seven years since No Man's Sky? Does it feel longer <laughs> or shorter? What what is it shorter. like when you hear seven years since No Man's Sky? Does that seem right or does that seem wrong in one direction or another? No, I, 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 we may, you know, what's interesting. I think we, is this right or wrong? Did No Man's Sky not come out like very shortly after we finished TRS? 
I mean, it must have. Well, we finished TRS more than 10 years ago because we've been doing this show for 10 oh. years. I, mean, I just so, feel like so, my memory of it was being anxious about it and hearing the two of you guys. I can like picture the carpet I was looking at when I was listening to you guys. <laughs> he goes in an airport or something talking about it. I, I could have sworn it was near an E3. I was like, oh, I didn't attend that thing. So now it, was, it had a big it had a big E3 showing for Sony yeah. forever ago and it was like yeah. it kind of blew the doors maybe, off of it. It was like a hyped release for them. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, maybe I'm crossing the two memories but um I oh does it feel like 7 years? Oh, I was going to say that like I I may have said this to you before, but I feel like I was growing up and remembering every year of my life through through doing the Totally Rad show with you. <laughs> And then I think also I met my wife around then after TRS, everything feels this, that's modern. That's new. Dude. I agree. Before that, everything was like old and I was like forming thing, forming my, who I am. <laughs> and then after TRS, I just feel like that just came out, whatever that, like I know. the newborn movie, like, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, like, which is now like a years old. I'm like, no, that's still a new movie. Like it's yeah. still like a new thing. So, so been- no man's guy is still like, it's in the new era of things, you know, it's not in the old era. Wait till you hear what they did with Predator. Um, <laughs> they, made a, they made a new one. They made two new ones in this modern era, actually. Since, since, since yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've been—I mean, forgive us for like you know go, crawling up our own behinds with this. But it, it, I've been talking about this on the filmcast a lot too because yeah. I keep watching these documentaries about stuff that happened after we were done doing TRS. Yeah, and it's exactly that feeling of like this isn't long enough ago to make a documentary about it. It's totally. it just happened. Right. You know, the um, there's that documentary about the uh, uh, trivia HQ, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that just, yeah. just happened. That was like, yes. anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah. Just to say for people who have no idea, TRS, a podcast that Jeff and I did, which I think is a lot of people, which is crazy, you know, uh, yeah. a podcast that Jeff and I did before him doing DLC. But the, I think the takeaway for people who are unaware of that is it's a thing that Jeff and I did in our, well, for me, it was my early 20s, in our 20s. So that's yeah, the relatable thing. It's like, I think that for everyone, we remember, like, you're becoming who you are through your 20s, you know, and then something yeah. happens. There's a cutoff in your, you know, brain when you become an old person and then you can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. I think yes. to put seven years right, in Christian? perspective, Totally, totally. Yeah. In terms of my life, also was around like moves and child. Like I have like these cutoffs of like right. now this has happened. But I think seven years. One, it's longer than most console generations, right? Like how, way people book into their oh, time. Wow. And mm. two, what I think is astonishing of this game continually getting better is uh, Sopranos. That was a lifetime. Six seasons. Six seasons. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Five seasons. Game of Thrones seven uh an eight seven um but like in terms of years like think of these momentous journeys that we've gone on in time span shorter than this game has been out and continually approving and also jeff i think fascinating for no man's sky is it is not a games as service game but yet it's probably given us more than any games as service I mean, game I would argue, given. I would argue with that distinction just because they don't charge for any of those updates. I don't. I think it is a game. I mean, they've clearly been servicing this game as it continues. Yes. I think technically, 100%, I agree with you. But I think in terms of how that term is used within the yeah. industry, it's not 
you know, constantly selling you new things. It's just giving away. That's what's extraordinary. So is much that it, stuff. It must be still selling enough copies to justify the work that's being done on it, which is extraordinary. And to directly address Dan's comments or questions is obviously they have seven more years to work on this game. So any game you can work on for seven years is going to be a lot better than it was seven years before. So it's kind of, it's kind of unfair to say, well, if, if it had come out like this, it's like, yeah, well, if they'd been working on it for seven years, it would have gotten a lot better. But I do think, I mean, maybe not as it is now, but like halfway through those big updates, you know, a lot of the updates were delivering on stuff that I think people expected of the game, even if it was unfair to have those expectations. I think there was a lot of expectation of it being a Starfield like, you know, being a giant role playing game in the sky. And it, it really wasn't that when it launched and it took a while for them to get content there even though it had all this procedurally generated stuff like having a there there and it really is now and there's and, and seeing that video and seeing it all back to back and like now there's cars and there's this and there's that and all those cool features that they're just showing you in quick succession in that really awesome video you really realize wow the evolution of the game is amazing amazing yeah and how much they've jam-packed into that initial idea and I do think that if it, had, I mean, in a magical world where they could have put out the game as it is now, you know, day one, I think it would have been gone down as one of the most incredible things ever delivered ever. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame that there's, you really don't ever have a second chance to make a first impression because I do think that even though there are a lot of fans of No Man's Sky, clearly, I think the, it doesn't, it's not put up into that all-time pantheon of incredible game releases because I think of its initial reaction. Mm. I, I guess the part of my question is in thinking about, and maybe this is just me, but I wonder if, if, if it's culture where in all media we're, we're, I feel my patterns changing as in we used to want the giant open world Ubisoft game. I give me the most, you guys have brought this up before in the show. Give me the most game. I want to explore the most game. Right. Oh my God. I can just pick one game and just play that game forever. And television. Oh my God. Give me all the seasons right. all at once. I right. want. And we've been inundated. It's funny how that happened at the same time. Didn't it? With, with uh, streaming services that have given me, you know, an insane amount of movie and television. Yeah. And then inside television, you've given me insane, insane amount of <clears throat> episodes to watch of that one specific thing. And then, and games did the same thing at the same time where the, you, they gave us the most amount of, the most amount of hours, the largest size maps, all those things. <laughs> and now I find myself in both instances, the bear, 30 minute episodes. Yes, please. I'll watch all of that right now. <laughs> right. And in games, and I'll probably speak to some of it in what we've been playing. It's like, I find myself uh, starting to itch for, I would love to, if I open up a game and it's got a million systems and I'll, I'm like, Ooh, I'm not in the mood right now. I want something, <laughs> right. you know, I like yeah. there, there's a, so, so there, there's a, I, that's why thinking about no man's sky in those terms, like, Oh, it's been nice that I, have had it in doses because I perhaps would open it 
It would I be feel too like much. I, I'm afraid to say too much because I feel like then I'm going to play Starfield and need all my words. Or maybe <laughs> I'll be proven right. I don't know. Um, well, I wish I, I can't wait to hear from you guys whether Starfield is all of what has No Man's Sky promised in one bite, or is it actually a different thing altogether? You know. Well, I one day I, can, I am allowed to say that I have Starfield and have been playing Starfield. I'm not allowed to say anything other than that. But I will tell you that. Like your question, I have been thinking a lot about No Man's Sky uh, over the period of, of, of playing Starfield. And I think that the, there's going to be a lot of people that associate them because it, it really, in a very similar tone of that sort of like exploration and that aspirational science fiction rather than the sort of, you know, post-apocalyptic or, or sort of more depressing science fiction that we get a lot, Fallout series, for example. Um, and I think that, you know, No Man's Sky, it's, it's an amazing thing that it's still going strong at, at seven years and that that video wasn't, we did seven years. Good night, everybody. It's like, <laughs> no, there's more coming. We're still at it. You know, right. it's extraordinary. And, and as you said, Christian, they're not charging for it. They're not charging more for it. You know, this game that is, we have all said has been on our hard drives or are, uh, potentially on our hard drives for seven years. You can always just download again and, and keep, trying the new stuff that that alone is extraordinary yeah, i think we're one year away from the tweet going viral of if wonder years was made today he'd be playing no man's sky <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah exactly is there data on the money or player count it has had like just to run that against when starfield goes or whatever like, like oh yeah. has it made more money because it we're, i guess not not against starfield but other games of service like would it have made more money would it be taking in more money if it was charging for each expansion or is it making this money yeah, right is it is the is the so much free content redipping into people buying the original game yeah i mean that's interesting because i think that's sort of like the um the skyrim thing where it's like sky right. they keep reselling skyrim you know in, yeah. in various forms um i mean i just quick google said that uh, no man's sky has sold over 10 million units since launch so that's not shabby that's not shabby at all. Um, I don't know if if, if you What's could like ever a terrible do a game that sells expansions. I don't know. Right? Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you, if if those same people would have had to buy. You know, the, the original people would have had to buy those expansions if they would have made more money. Who knows? But I like the business model. I, I applaud yeah, the business certainly. model. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Christian Spicer. What is your story of the week? But first. We need to thank our sponsor, AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I, I'm telling you, my wife and I drink this every single morning. It's actually adorable. My wife will make me up my little, uh, my little AG1 beverage that I can uh, drink down. We got these special straws that we love to drink it. Uh, they're metal and big around. Oh man, it's become part of our life. And I'll tell you the reason that I do AG1 is because I am lazy and I will not have a bunch of supplements. I just, I can't, I've tried to have all the different supplements and do all the different things. I need one thing that I can do that I'm gonna drink in the morning that is easy, that I like how it tastes. I just need to have something in my life that I can do simply and easily, the little packet that I can travel with. I'm not gonna have all these little bags of pills to take. I'm just not gonna do that. But I will do and have done AG1. 
Christian, I know you tried AG1 as well. Uh, I'm not going to say you're lazy like me. Maybe you have a different reason <laughs> for trying it. I mean, one person's laziness is the way I would describe having a simple routine. So I'll, I'll say <laughs> that. I'm, I'm, I'm not lazy at all, but I enjoy a simple routine and knowing that I have it there. It's on my island of my kitchen. I have it out, scoop, shake, drink. I also enjoy that it is a drink versus a hard swallow pill. I yeah. think it tastes good. <laughs> Which So it's not like, uh, time to take my medicine. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine. It's like, oh, time to start the day. Scoop, pour, shake, drink, done, easy. It has helped my gut health. We, My wife and I really believe in having better gut health. Uh, I feel like I have more energy during the day. It's just been a great part of my routine. As you said, daily routine, because I'm lazy. I'm lazy. But if you want <laughs> to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. I love those travel packs. We've been bringing them with us uh, everywhere we go. Go to drinkag1.com slash DLC. That's drink a G one.com slash DLC. Check it out. So there's interesting stuff. As you mentioned, we are pre gamescom. And so it hasn't that deluge has not happened yet, but I thought I'd do a co-story story where uh, Jeff is both right and wrong. How can, you, <laughs> how can you be both Jeff? How can you be both right and well, I apologize, wrong. but we only have one bumper. Jeff was right. Well, I, I guess that's I guess that's the one we have to start with. Then I can't hmm. go against the grain of uh, of the bumpers. Alan Wake Two, the uh, perennial releases its announces its release date first, and then every other game also announces its release date to also be on Alan Wake Two's uh, release window moment. Alan Wake Two has announced a delay thereby Jeff being right to late October. I believe it's October 27th, um, which is still kind of in the middle of a bunch of uh, other great looking games, but still close to Halloween, which I think is beneficial for, for Alan Wake two and what it's trying to do. But the other side of that coin, Jeff is wrong is uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage has been moved up. Also still in October, but now to October 5th, they announced that it went gold and I, they're feeling confident about it. And I get, again, there's Spider-Man in there. October is, is hairy. Um, I have, and I have the earlier. dates for you, Christian. Uh, we have uh, October 6th, Detective Pikachu Returns. October 10th. I was 10th, like, that's neither of the games I meant at first. I was no, like, no, no. I'm, I'm telling yeah, you the stuff it, yeah, that's yeah. around these games, right? <laughs> so that's October 6th. The next day now is going to, or that's, the the previous day it was going to be Assassin's Creed Mirage. So now yeah. Assassin's Creed Mirage is October fifth. The sixth, Detective Pikachu returns. The tenth, October tenth, Forza Motorsport. Then uh, the thirteenth, which was going to be the day after Assassin's Creed Mirage before it moved, is the new Lords of the Fallen game, which getting some buzz. Yeah. Uh, then you have October twentieth, which is still Spider Man two and Super Mario Brothers Wonder on the same day. Now, incredible. Those are the games that need to, one of them needs to move. Dudes, come on. One of you needs to move. Uh, that's just insane. Uh, but then you have October 24th is uh, City Skylines 2. And the real bummer for the move of 
Alan Wake 2 to the 27th is October 25th is Alone in the Dark. <laughs> so you get Alone in the Dark and Alan Wake 2 coming out within two days of each other, which for my money are kind of offering the same experience or on a very similar experiences. And that I think is going to be unfortunate for Alone in the Dark, in my opinion. Who knows? But I, I suspect maybe Alone in the Dark will blink. You don't know because you want, you know, you kind of want to be out there before Halloween. You want spooky season. Yeah, You totally. want spooky spooks, but it is a, Does I mean. Does matter in games? I think they're trying to capitalize on it, right? Like you're in the mood scares. for a scary game. So does it, does it affect? I would suspect that it affects at least uh, streamers. You'll get a bunch more streamers streaming the new mm. spooky game, which, right. you know, gets it out into the zeitgeist and gets people yeah. wanting to play it. So, uh, you know, the, I suspect thing, it does something. The thing I was just thinking of along those lines is I, I, I wonder if the three of us and many are gamers who play lots of different, we like playing video games of many different genres yeah. to which simultaneous and, you know, near release dates matter a great deal because it means that we don't, we want the time is too much to play or, you know, right. we have to make decisions. But I wonder if games are, that's just, we are the minority and games are actually more like, more like movies where it's like, no, this demographic is going to go by Super Mario Bros. It's not a crossover. It's not going to be affected by Lords of the Fallen or, or whatever the other the games that you said, you know what I mean? And so that's why for all the years that we've complained and been frustrated about why are they, isn't it taking, absorbing the same we're just the minority of people that happen to play cross genre and monetarily it's greatly helped to, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's some truth to that in that it, it matters more to us than the average consumer, but I still think it forces a decision on the average consumer, because if you're talking about a finite discretionary budget that you might have, or, you know, a kid who's going to get two Christmas presents or whatever it is, you know, they get the holiday gift giving season and you go, well, if this had come out in July and this had come out in November, you might be able to get both of those just because of how money works, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I think, but at this point, like July is packed too. And there's just no non-packed season anymore for video games. They've just all packed. But I do think it forces decisions on, on consumers and it forces decisions on coverage. And, and, and there are games that, get overshadowed by other games. And I, I think, I mean, I, I suspect that will happen to Alone in the Dark, for example. I think it will get overshadowed because you're going to be talking about, you know, Super Mario Brothers Wonder and Spider-Man 2 and all these other, and Alan Wake and all these other games. I mean, my poster child for this, and I think you agree, Dan, is Titanfall 2, right? Which, if you recall, came yeah. out between... um Battlefield Call of Duty and, Call of and Battlefield Duty. that yeah. year. It was like, like <laughs> they, they bookended it and it just got swallowed up. So I, yeah. I, know, I think there's precedent for it and I, I can't imagine it doesn't. And we haven't even talked about how like October comes after September when we have all this insanity in September. You know, obviously uh, we just had uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which is going, going crazy in sales and Starfield. And also... Mortal Kombat 1 is coming out and Payday 3 is coming out at the end of September. It's like there is just this clumping together of so many major releases that 
I can understand as your story of the week, Christian, this shuffling that's happening. It's very much like with movies, right? If, well, if the new yes. big Marvel movie comes out, is stakes their flag in the sand and says, we're going to be July 4th, everybody like shuffles around and tries to figure out how to that, make sense of it for themselves. That's what I'm very curious about. Because with we've seen in games and the crunch culture and games and, and games being delayed, hence the Jeff is right bumper. And, and so often making a game is often described as uh, just chaos until it isn't. It's like, we're never going to finish this. This is never going to, oh, there it is. There's a game we did. Oh my God, get it out the door. And I think because of that aspect to it, this idea as games continue to grow and be huge things at launch for so many of these games, the idea of the two-year prior announcement reveal trailer, uh, I hate to keep saying Starfield on an episode where we won't be talking about Starfield, but like (laughs) famously... Starfields, you know, this is our release date. It's a special release date for us as a company. And all of these games that have these, uh, 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 not Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad. It's like, this is our date. Just kidding. Bat with blood. Real date. Just kidding. Someone clean that bat. Get a new new date. Um, And it it just seems so hard that I, I do think it could benefit from some of that shuffling that seems to happen more with the film industry but i don't know if it can with games and and how they come together and get made which is why i think assassin's creed is for my money the more interesting of the two where they're like we're gold it's good (laughs) you know shit it up get get this baby out yeah yeah i mean one of those two uh i think it was uh the on the wake too they they explicitly said in their uh, their tweet announcing it that we (laughs) their quote was October is an amazing month for gamer launch for game launches. And we hope this date shift gives more space for everyone to enjoy their favorite games. They're like, they're literally saying, Hey, we're getting out of the way of some big hitters right here. And I wonder, you know, there's gotta be somebody in a room somewhere going, we're good. We're, we're still Lords of the Fallen. We're good. We're, there's a lot of big stuff around, but we're still, you know, the, all our polling data or whatever, our our market analysis is telling us it's going to be good. I just, I'm curious how that all works. It just seems very uh, tenuous in my opinion. I, I think part of it is uh, you're paying people to make the thing and you need to stop people. <laughs> right. You've got to stop those payments. <laughs> yeah. If the game's gold, you're done paying those people, but now you're paying new people. You're paying marketing team. Right. But then also that uh, it is all geared towards a release date. If you're changing it, there's like, it's like a turning a, ship of some size, right? It's, it's a slower turn. Um, but then also, I guess, and I think this is the thing I've learned in movies that I'd never had perspective on prior to being being involved in making them, is the like, the company is just paid pay for something. They have to now return the investment in quarters, right? Like right. the way that businesses <laughs> yeah. work. It's like, so if we don't now, we just put We're all this money arcade, in. An arcade machine where they want their returns in quarters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in quarters. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so yeah, so it's like, well, we don't release in October. There may be a reason why they have another game thing that's supposed to come out in this, in the December, November, they need to report to their shareholder, whatever it is. So it can't, some things can't move the way that we think like, just you'll make more money if you're on another day, but they like have to report the earning in this, you know, section of the year. So, um, I imagine that's, that this stuff's a part of the equation. No doubt you're correct. I mean, it is, it is certainly, you know, a bigger decision than simply like, you know, it'd be nice not to be around a new Super Mario Brothers game. Yeah. You know, it just feels like, man, woof, 
Oof. I thought I thought you just turned your old release date into now calling it special limited preview, and then you push your release date. <laughs> yeah, right. You just move further back in the starting grid a couple of weeks. It's easy to do. It's not hard. It's not mm-hmm. hard at all. Well, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be intense over the next uh, the next two months of this program are gonna be intense. Just of like trying to cover everything. I'm already feel like I'm drowning. You in... finished Baldur's Gate though, right? A couple oh, of run-throughs yes, already. Definitely. Breezed right through that 175 hour game. Um, all right. Let me tell you about my story of the week. This, I think this is a fun one just because I want to hear you guys speculate on what this could possibly mean. We heard uh, a tease this week from Bungie about a new project. We know about the fact that they're resurrecting Marathon, which was one of the original, one of the first Bungie IPs. Uh, but there are other projects that Bungie has been working on and that they've been teasing and that they've had job listings for. Uh, they have a, excuse me, they have an incubation project where they uh, incubate uh, sort of offbeat, interesting ideas and see where they go. And they've been hiring for some of those. And in fact, uh, a new uh, social media post about one of their incubation projects that they've talked about since back in 2020 uh, is gearing up with more positions available. And they were very public about this. You know, sometimes uh, gaming news sites will mine these job listings, trying to figure out, you know, clues as to what these projects could be. And this time, that was not the case. Bungie was just out there in front saying, hey, we have this new incubation project, and here's what it is. This is how they described it in their own social media post. It is a team-based action game inspired by several genres in a brand new science fantasy universe. It draws inspiration from fighting games, platformers, MOBAs, life sims, and frog type games. Frog type games. This is all quote wrapped up in a lighthearted comedic world. Now, I kind of love this because what is that? And I want to, I mean, I'm a, I've been on record on this show and our listeners can say I'm a big frog type fan. Rogue type, not so much frog type. I mean, I like frog lights. Really? (laughs) I'm not full frog games, you know, uh, give me frog light. (laughs) So I'm not as hardcore as like a full frog game, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can frogger, but like frogger two is like a little too much. I'm not gonna. Do you think there's any chance that, it's either a a typo. It could be. It could very well and be. And the internet is, you know, <laughs> we're all like, oh, it must mean something, you know. Um, or uh, that's all I got. Actually, <laughs> or like, Daniel, I, I, it can't I, be real. I choose to believe it is not a, a, a typo. <laughs> yeah. I hey, choose to believe. Your- how do you get your job posting in front of as many people as possible? You put frog type in it and the internet <laughs> shares it for you, you know? Dude, it, could it be a behind the scenes? I wish, I can't wait for you guys to ask Lana Vashinsky. Like, is that like, is it just an industry term that we don't know? <laughs> <The> frog types. <laughs> yeah, Lana's been working on frog types it's, for it's years It's code, now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it time to cancel them? Is this just a, a, a horrible, <laughs> slanderous word for French-made games? I, you know? <laughs> And now, and they, and it's just an outdated term that no one's been like, "Hey guys, it's not cool to say that anymore." It's a French it would be special forces like, game. Yes, is they're literally just meant to write frag type games, like you're like, "Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey, perhaps was right? frag type a game?" No, but 
I mean, it's it's more of a game than frog types. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, we go to Frogger, and I got nothing. I got nothing, even if even if we were to indulge in this concept, though, there was a game I could have sworn it was in television. Maybe where it was a frog on each side of the screen. I oh, thought yes. this was Frogger. Yeah, and you were yeah. you were hit. You were grabbing yes, flies. Wise. Yes. yes. Totally played that, yeah. What that's a frog. That? That's a frog type game. That's a frog type. <laughs> I, I would, I would put Seaman in that mix. It's a total frog type. type. Uh huh. You grow him into a little also, Is Echo wait, the dolphin frog, a wait, frog type? Wait, isn't isn't a frog a um version of like seal? Like, yeah, that's what I thought too. Is like, is it? Yeah. Is it? Are they talking about Military. like a ghillie suit guy, dude? Yeah. <laughs> frog yeah, it's, it's more like a scuba. It's like a scuba. Yeah. It's um, so, guys, it's gonna be great. I love how enigmatic this post. I mean, because <laughs> also everything else you yeah, everything else you read, Jeff is. Let's just put words. Let's just put words. Team, team, team. Ba- wait, what was it? Team based fi- fighter or team? Yeah, based no, it's, yeah. Uh, fighting games, team, fighting games, platformers, MOBAs, life sims, and frog type games. No, before it, the first oh, team based was- action game inspired by several games. So what's team based action? Science game? fantasy universe and science fantasy. <laughs> it's both. Which <laughs> are things. I mean, I know, I, but to have that much in yeah. one, and you know, yeah. is, is, is kind of it's, it would what be more great- useful. Tell us what it's not. <laughs> I would love, and no sarcasm here. I would love to be on this incubation team. What freedom? Yes, you yes. know, like it's yeah. like it sounds like it's like, hey, we want to make this killer game. We have some really cool ideas. Don't limit yourself, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but like, then Christian, you're in the room. You're, you know, you're you're pitching like some Flappy Bird stuff, and they're like, it's a frog type game, not a bird type game, pal. Okay, okay, okay. You're I'm picturing. Fired. I'm picturing. I'm picturing you're like a, a, a shooter in space, and there's three yes. classes: like a hunter, yes. a, 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 a sniper, and a frog. And I'm just spitballing. <laughs> it's science fantasy, though. So if you're in space, you'd be with like swords and, and yes, stuff. science fantasy. Yes, okay. science you're fantasy. in your spaceship, and you get out. And you draw broad your broadsword. Sword. Yes. A broadsword. Yeah. You have a, a fencer who's lighter on their feet. A frog. Um. <laughs> I, by the way, just just as you said that, I got like I would totally play a game that's like the Guardians game. You know that you're like got it. You're a guy with a broadsword in a spacesuit, and your little like rocket raccoon type buddy is a frog. That smart alecky frog. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. this game. Right, this game got power ups, platforming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about what? If, what if they just announced a reboot of Battletoads? <laughs> they did. That's didn't, Microsoft there, owned, though. Yeah, so that's, I, we have I, a disconnect I, I there. Yeah, but there is. You know what? There actually is something. Let's see if I'm wrong about this. Where I feel like the way in which what has been happening in video games in I don't know improving is the right way of saying it, but in reiterating and making games fresher has been in combining more and more yeah. genres. I don't think that's how it evolved to a certain point. I feel like we had, you know, better graphics was the evolution mm. maybe, you know, but now if it seems like, like I, I really enjoyed the MMO new world, which is a combination of crafting game and 
and re- uh, real time combat, you know, uh, yeah. action combat and MMO. Tri- it's like, oh, I, and I love that. Like, oh, I get my survival, you know, No Man's Sky is like, it's got right. survival, but it's also got space flight now. Right. Whereas Ark just had survival crafting and a little bit of crappy combat. Conan, better combat. It was like, it's like we're recombining all sorts of, we're smushing genres together. Um, I don't remember that being the case, you know, when we were younger. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's accurate. I think, I think that the technology has allowed them to throw everything in the kitchen sink. And, you know, it's like just the open worldiness systems. Yeah. You you make an open world game and you walk, you know, walk into the corner. Now you're playing a turn-based card game in the Witcher, you know, it's like everything's in there. And that's, I think that's cool. But the one thing that's not in there, frog type games <laughs> i can't wait to find out this is so going exciting to be, i know it's so exciting. Yeah, this is clearly i won story of the week this week christian <laughs> this is the best <laughs> topic we could possibly come up with um, i didn't i thought i was done i mean you should see how many tabs i have open looking up frog type. i didn't know this story was how silly it was i thought it was just like i was tuning in i was like oh i'm gonna find out what this, this <laughs> also because you you say this a lot on the show you you say rogue rogue light yeah Instead of roguelike, is that yeah. interchangeable or am I missing? There is a distinction between the two. So, you know, the original game Rogue, right, you know, that, that it's all based on was a very old PC game where you keep going further down into a dungeon. And if you die, you're dead, right? You, you, how far can you get is a big sort of push your luck risk reward thing is how far can you get? But once you die, you lose all your stuff, you're dead. Right. Roguelite means the penalties aren't as harsh. It's got those kinds of elements, but it is much more for gaming. You get to carry things over from run to run. There right. are ways to progress that that you know uh, transcend the death state in the game. So that's that's the distinction. And, and most no, but what's rogue like then? Rogue like is much is like the game Rogue, where it's 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 much more severe. It's much more okay, permanent. It's more punishing. You don't yeah. get to. Yeah, Keep it's not as uh, huh. it's not as it, there's not as much that carries over from run to run. It's, Rogue is like, okay. g- try it. You failed, okay, but you got this far. Cool. Try again, dude. And in but Rogue isn't that, Lights, isn't that every Nintendo game? Well, yes, but this was a specifically, yeah, specifically yeah. like, well, yeah, it's a lot of arcade games, like, but Rogue was yeah. like, get more powerful, go, get, you know, do a build up your character, get cool stuff, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. How far can you go? But then you're dead, and it's it, you're you're done. I'm sure um, I'm going to get lots of emails. Are like, I know exactly. I feel, right like I, I feel like I did that to you. Sorry, um, <laughs> okay. I did want the answer. I guess I could have googled that. Sorry. No, I'm um, sure I'm m- mostly wrong. But you can I think email I'm us the of at, truth. at frogtype at dlc.games. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about the games that we have because we're there's one thing you mentioned that I'm like we have the perfect game to talk about in the in the yeah. in the playlist. But first, we're going to thank our sponsor, Factor. Oh, my gosh. I love Factor. My wife actually got me into eating Factor meals. Uh, She found it online. And I was skeptical. I'll be honest. I was skeptical. But again, recurring theme this week, I'm lazy. (laughs) And I will often uh, skip meals uh, rather than cook something for myself. And that's not good. That's not good. I get so busy especially this fall season, kids are back to school. Things are chaotic. I, you know, I want something that's going to be simple. 
that I can have as a meal. Uh, usually lunch is when I have my factor meals. And factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. You can fuel up fast. You got these chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals. They're delivered straight to your door. It's so simple. I save time and I eat well. Plus I have portion control. So I'm not overeating. I stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. My favorite thing about Factor, I got to tell you, above and beyond even the convenience and ease of use, is they taste good. These are really, really good. I, you know, sometimes I get skeptical. Anything you put in the microwave, I'm like, I don't know. These Factor meals, there's so many cool varieties. They have, uh, they have a lot of great chicken meals or great pasta meals. Christian, have you tried any of these Factor meals? I love them for lunches. I mean, we can talk about the meals, and I really love – I'm a vegetarian, so it's great that there are great vegetarian options. But also, I'm all about those snacks, Jeff. You talked about being lazy. Uh, Factor has snacks, and my go-tos are the smoothies, mm. and they are delicious, and they are there for me in between meals or when I maybe didn't eat a meal, <laughs> even if it was there for me ready to go. And so those are the things that I will grab as I am rushing to pick up the kids or – trying to squeeze something into an hour that doesn't exist for me. And so I love that there are meals that I can sit down and have, but then also snacks and things in between those meals that help keep me running. These are fresh, never frozen meals that are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat them up and enjoy them and then get back to, uh, you know, back to your busy, busy lives. Uh, you can, there's over 34 weekly flavor packed dietitian approved meals all ready to eat in just two minutes. Uh, it's, it's great. I love them. My wife loves them. You can try them yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash DLC50 and use promo code DLC50 to get 50% off. I'm not great at math, but that seems like a lot. Like almost half. 50% off. That's code DLC50 at factormeals.com slash DLC50 to get 50% off. Daniel Trachtenberg, uh, you have a game on your playlist that is also on my playlist because you told me about it. Uh, mm. And you have been uh, a, a very good recommender of games that I have missed on Steam. And I have been, I've tried to attribute your recommendations every time you make them on the show. Uh, but I'm always uh, so grateful to get a recommendation because you have my, my tastes dialed in. And I think this is another example of a game I'm glad you brought to my attention because I didn't know about it. It's called On Guard. Okay. <laughs> you said that, you said that in a way that I thought we were going to play the like, trailer for the game or something. No. So I was like... I don't do that kind of preparation. I, you know, I was like, but he doesn't do that. <laughs> you're like, you're like, and, get, like, like, and here's, <laughs> here, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, like, I never, ever, almost every game I've recommended to you, I've never actually played them. I'm very curious to play them, and I want to hear your take on it before I purchase it. So I say, Jeff, this game. Um, <laughs> Jeff, you buy it. Let Mikey try it. And uh, yeah. thankfully, I, before, I didn't know you were going to, you know, but uh, I badgered you enough about, you know, so you convinced me to, by saying, well, it's only 18 bucks. 18 um, bucks, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I, I was ter terribly afraid that it's going to be on Game Pass uh, at some point. But I'm glad I bought it because it is really fun. 
I'll just say, because both games I've played um, recently are very similar um, and come from being in my ritualistic cycle of going from MMO to MMO to MMO. And this year, Diablo 4, which is, you know, not so different from uh, a very zen, leveling up, um, languid experience uh, with fits and starts of stress and combat, whatever. But I I started to feel, oh, you know what it was? And then I went to, I played Baldur's Gate 3 and was enjoying it. But I, it kind of, like going from MMO to Baldur's Gate 3, I just, in my cycle of genres I want to play, I was like, I need a tight action experience. Um, yeah, this is when you were talking in the news segment about how, you know, sometimes you get these games that have so many systems, you're like, I just want to do something simple and straightforward. I was like, well, that's on guard, I feel. That is on guard, yeah. yeah. Um, and prior to on guard, I popped open Shadow of War because um, it's been it's been in my Steam forever. I had never never installed it. Never, you know, it was like one day I was like, now's the time. Now I'm going to do it, and loved the combat, loved. Um, but it, I'm not going to review that game. It has issues. You guys, are talk, <laughs> I'm not you know talking about. It. But I was I need I need something that gives me that Arkham style combat, and then I went to play Mad Max again. Same thing, you know? Yeah. And then on guard. It's so funny how all these games and the other game, I'm going to talk about Midnight Fight Express. Uh, yeah, Midnight Fight Express. It's the same. The buttons are all mapped to the same places, thankfully. It's like they know. They learned. We like that. Yeah. Um, and on guard is a Zorro wish fulfillment simulator. You're, you're, um, a Zorro type, the classic Zorro type. It's a Zorro like. It's not a Zorro. It's not a Zorro like. It's it's filled with the whimsy of Zorro or Puss in Boots, and yeah, and a very colorful art style. Um, you are a female swashbuckling swordsman um, with that very specific. Um, I forget what that kind of sword is called, but that it's that sword. It is Rapier. not a broadsword. Rapier, yes, it is not. A claymore or a katana or whatever yeah. that kind of sword and you make witty cutting remarks to your adversaries and amidst the combat there are platforming sections um and it's unlike batman specifically you're more involved with your environment you are kicking crates and chairs into people and grabbing punch bowls and throwing it on them and kicking tables and jumping over tables and all that stuff um it's a lot of fun and it's especially fun. And I, I assume you will, you feel this way too, Jeff, of having that kind of experience that we've had in so many other games, but in a world that is much more pleasant to be in, mm-hmm. um, that has a sense of whimsy and isn't uh, dark and oppressive, yeah. um, but still has the tightness of, of combat. Um, 100%. Yeah, I agree. I, I described it as like Sifu with a sense of humor. You know, that game, Sif, I don't know if you ever played that, Dan, but... Um, I did. Well, that's what fueled Midnight Fight Expo. I'm going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this is this has a lot of Sifu vibes in that, basically, if you're familiar with Sifu, you know, you go into... An, you're moving through this environment, and you can find things, contextual things that will tell you bits of lore or, or, you know, story stuff. But that's very light. Mostly what you're doing is moving from place to place, and you get into what is ostensibly an arena, and then a bunch of bad guys come, and you have to eliminate all the bad guys to move on. 
That's what you're doing in it on guard as well, except that you are sword fighting them. And I think the game does an extremely good job of recreating that cool cinematic sword fight that you that you want from a Three Musketeers movie or from The Princess Bride or from a great Zorro movie or, you know, like you said, push, Puss in Boots. I definitely got huge Puss in Boots vibes because my kids love Puss in Boots and I've watched it a bunch of times. Um, so it, it has that, it, it really, I thought, was written with a, a very light touch, very fun, whimsical, as you said. And it's just a pleasant, fun place to be. You, you can pick up a pot from a table, throw it on a guy, it lands on his head and he's doing the cartoon like, whoa, 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 whoa what am I doing? And you can run over and, and attack him. Uh, you're hopping over tables, you're, you know, you're flipping off of things. And in contrast to a Batman Arkham game or, or a Spider-Man, you know, the, the Sony Spider-Man game, the Sony right. Spider-Man games, where the sort of joy of those games is being able to take down you know, dozens of bad guys all at once and sort of rhythmically bopping between them. I think the the fun of On Guard is when you're fighting more than one person in On Guard, you're in trouble. Like it's it's it becomes more difficult to manage multiple people. And so the challenge is finding ways to use the environment or use your skills to deal with like you kick, you kick a, a crate at one of them, knocking him so you can concentrate on the other which feels so much like a movie, you know, like those great swashbuckling movies where, you know, the, the hero has to, you know, cut the, cut the cord of the, of the curtains. So that falls on the bad guys so we can fight the other two. You're doing all that stuff and it really flows and you can improvise your way through it. And you're like, Oh my gosh, two more guys are coming time to kick a table at them. And I don't know. It just really, it does one thing really, really well. And I, I love it for that. Like, I, it's just really pleasurable to play. I, I wrestled with that very thing um, that you're talking about. And, and it takes, it, there's a bit of an adjustment period because you expect it to function more like Spider-Man and Batman, where you are more deftly able to handle groups of enemies. Yeah. Um, and what I love about the game is that it feels like it's encouraging you to create a cinematic to choreograph the fight scene. You know, yeah, it's like, right. it'll be fun. The game really wants you to use the environment because it's very hard if you aren't moving that way. Yeah. Um, so it wants you to deal with those two guys just to focus on this one guy. And if you get overwhelmed, you have to, you know, I, I missed two for too long in playing it. It's a weird thing in thinking about Spider-Man and, uh, and, and Batman in that, it's like there's a, there's a there's a parry and a dodge that's always in in these games, and when you're f- focusing on one person, I feel like the other people in the group in those games do the thing that that, that Stuntman do, especially in older films and sometimes still in fight scenes where they're like waiting, giving the guy they're not yeah. all piling in at the same time. But this game, it kind of all comes at you at once if you don't. Do, it doesn't do the thing where like somehow like knows I'm still in my combo and it's being yeah. nice to me that I think those other games do. And I was a little bit um, frustrated by that until I realized I'm I'm forcing a genre onto this game that it is not, you know. And I really need to respect what it's egging me on to do and embrace the like have, be be you know uh, Errol Flynn, be you know be Jackie Chan, like embrace the environment and 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 have fun with it. 
Um, but still, it's very challenging. And the boss, uh, you know, I only had one boss fight in playing it so far, but that was very hard and was the real lesson in, in realizing um, how to use the environment. I also will say that the platforming elements are very, it's very like, and here's some, there's something yeah. fun and it certainly gives variation, but I guess what I wish the game had a little bit more of is the late, the last few Assassin's Creed's and Ghost of Tsushima where it's not partitioned. This is traversal. This is, now you're in arena and this is combat where right. it's all one and the same. So you can, jump up here and jump down here and be awesome right. and jump back in. And now we're, it's platforming and combat at one time. And that's it. You know, like that, yeah. that's what I, that game, that would have filled me with so much joy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, it, it's great to get that tight combat and those games come with them a whole lot of exploration and, and, and would make me go, ah, maybe I'm not in the mood for this right now. Whereas this, I can pick up and, and get my adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, it's really, it really is just a, a pleasurable game. And I, I agree with you that the, the platforming stuff there is, is very simplistic and it's not, there's not much challenge to it, but it, it's kind of cool to be, you know, flipping on bars and, and jumping over things. And there's a couple of times where I'm like, Oh, that was a clever way to get me out of that room or whatever. Right. But yeah, it's very light. The, the thing that I'm most impressed with is how many animations they seem to have crammed in that are specialized to one specific thing, you know, like kicking, uh, you can kick things as we've said, but you can also kick people. And if you kick one down the stairs or something, it has a different animation than if you kick it, you know, uh, across the room or there's times where you'll kick someone and they'll be right at the edge of a ledge and they'll try to balance and hang on to that cartoon, like arm wavy thing. And it's, it's got all, and there's different dodges depending on how you're still just pushing the same dodge button. But based on how the fight is going, there'll be a dodge that's very kind of cool or just a full-on jump back dodge or a lean dodge. And so it it really does feel like a much more dynamic sword fight than, say, an Assassin's Creed, which still has, you know, a lot of animations, but doesn't ever feel to me like it really is this, you know, this tete-a-tete with uh, two accomplished swordsmen, you know? The difference is in this game and... and the game I'll mention and, and games like Assassin's Creed and, and Spider-Man and Batman are those games you're you're learning the moves to survive and to win and to finish and get through the battle. Whereas these games are are more like create the scene. Yeah. Like yeah. have fun. It's not we have all these different animations that'll that'll happen as you go. So it isn't just like BB or, or you know Devil May Cry or that type of beat 'em up where it's like it's all about the combo the floor, like the, it's about winning it's not about making it cinematic you right know? And, and, yeah and, style and, uh, yeah and, and embracing the um, the uh, uh, role play of it sort of like the yeah. fulfillment of yeah. It. yeah I agree so that's on guard uh, it's a game that Dan and I both really like. It's on sale on Steam right now for 18 bucks. just came out. I think this is one of those games that a lot of people are going to overlook in the you know mountain of huge releases, but it's just a, a delight. And I played it also on Steam Deck, and it, oh. it didn't appear to be officially uh, sanctioned by Valve on Steam Deck, but it worked just great and uh, was fun to play on Steam Deck. So on guard, uh, I think it was a, a, a real, real win. Okay, the other game you said you've been playing that's similar is Midnight Fight Express. 
Yeah, I really wanted to mention this, not only because I happen to be, for the same reason I was playing it this week, but it's also um, a great pairing with Unguard. Have you guys brought it? I, I don't know why Christian and I thought maybe you did talk about it. when I, as yeah. I was like, I think they never talked about it. And I was like, wait, maybe Christian had it. I think Christian did before. bring it up, yeah. You did? Yeah. I can't but please, can, please yeah, yeah, continue. You'll have to, you'll have to, obviously, you'll, you'll refresh my memory in a, in a moment. But um, it is... This, it's like you could describe it coming from either direction. You you could say it's like Hotline Hotline Miami or whatever that genre is, but with martial arts instead of guns. Um, or you could say it's like Sifu except isometric, you know, or Batman, or whatever. But it's it, it's it's um, it it is just like On Guard in that the fun of it is about creating awesome choreography and you have with you of course the dodge block uh uh the dodge parry uh and and heavy attack light attack of of this genre um but you also have with it picking up objects throwing objects table it has the same thing where um, a ton of awesome mocap animations um that accompany when you get close it 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 has a system in it that reminded me of the game I loved, I think you may have liked, or it may have been the only one that we reviewed on TRS, the Born, the Born video game. Oh my gosh, I it barely actually remember had a solid, it. It had a solid title that could have been in movies. An but, interesting fight mechanic where you'd go into things and it wasn't, I guess it was a QTE, but not quite a QTE because they tried to really replicate that pre-John Wick Born style of like, no one gets a good whole punch in because they're so tight. It's like punch, grab, twist, turn, punch, push off a thing. Really And fun. using your environment. So when you were close to a pen, you would grab the pen. When you're close to a filing cabinet, mm. suddenly you'd use the filing cabinet. And so when you perform finishing moves in, in uh, Midnight Fight Express, it does the, it like it like incorporates the environment with the fight. Are you Googling right now to find yeah, out? Yeah, the Born Conspiracy is what it was called. Yeah. It's like that could have been the name of one of the movies. Um, or TV show. It might have been one but, of the books. Oh, was it actually? It might have been, yeah, because it's because it literally the video game is called Robert Ludlum's The Born Conspiracy, oh, right, which means right. they had the license from the Ludlum estate, not from the and movies. Not, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it delivered. And this has a little bit more forgiving of a block counter system um, that I enjoyed, and also has skill trees where you're pick you're leveling up. Skills. So this this is kind of a very funneled version of everything that I love. Um, with and, and is a badass simulator, and ha- is a little more forgiving in the timing of. I mean, obviously, playing on a you can play on a harder difficulty, but it is. But but it, but even in concept, it's like it wants you to embrace the fun of taking on more people at once, as opposed to on guard that is like no, just fight this one person. Um, but I, and I found it more, Sifu, I, I think something about this perspective, the isometric perspective that I thought you would appreciate, especially Jeff, made it um, um, a little bit more uh, easier to accomplish what Sifu also sets out to do. Um, yeah. And the web, the skill tree is a little more um, concise and clear than th- that, which is in Sifu. But um, so yeah, I, I just I really enjoyed it, and it's and it's a similar. Oh, and it's uh, well, just it just left Game Pass, but it is it it, it I learned of it because it's free on uh, PS Plus. Oh, one of the PS Pluses. Um, awesome. But was you, Christian? Did you what did you think of it when you played it? A year I ago? was 
very hyped for it. And the developer did a really awesome job, I think, sharing a lot of the animation status as they were making it. Mm. And it was the genre that I would call like a, you know, John Wick like, like trying to encapsulate that badass. But if John Wick was a frog. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Like use your tongue to get the gun. Uh, The the classic, the classic John Wick. That is not a better. Hotline Miami type game where like, but your tongue like gets things and retrieves them. So I think we all know that his name would be John Lick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But Midnight Fight Express for me wasn't quite tight enough in terms of the combat feeling as tight as I needed it to feel, which I think is maybe an unfair expectation that I brought into the game, but coming off of Sony Spider-Man and Miles Morales, and there was another one, maybe it was Sifu. There were like, I felt like I was feasting in this genre. And so I really like the top-down isometric perspective that Midnight Fight Express was bringing to it, but I feel like it didn't quite do enough to make me want to stick with it. Like there were fights where I felt like I should have won. I'm trying not to be like my ego. I'm good at these games, but like mm-hmm. I thought I had it under control and then something would go awry that would just pull me out of it long enough to make me not mm. want to reload and, and go back. But I think I, I love the aesthetic. I love all the custom animations in the game. It just didn't quite click with me. I think because I was getting what you're craving right now from a few yeah, other games. It's good that I had time. this distance. Although I, you know, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, but that's, that guard is yeah. That's or, Midnight Fight Express. Um, you also uh, have on here on your playlist uh, a game that you texted me about that I have not tried yet. Right. This is the this this is this is a secret. I'm, I'm not really going to talk about this game. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Because because I did play a little bit of it, but I I'm doing I'm throwing down the gauntlet uh, to get what I want on air right now. <laughs> right. Um, because. I really, I'm not going to spend time in this game unless I hear the Jeff Kanata review. Is this? Right, well, I guess this I gotta, shall well, I play this game? Well, but well, I will say, in, in the in the in the few little bit of time I did play, it's kind of cool. Um, the name is terrible. It sounds like a DM like ran out of names to come up with. Uh, and you are Waven, the son of Craven. Um, <laughs> Waven. But, <laughs> yeah, it's W A V E N. Waven is the name of the game. It's another one where it's like you could describe it coming from either direction in in terms of like it's it's an isometric tactical um, RPG thing. So which was night nice after playing a little bit of Baldur's Gate and sort of wanting a more a more contained mm. board yeah. of stratagem. Um, it's a lot like Into the Breach and that it's like a, a square. And you have your, your your character and your abilities, and there's the bad guys, and so it's it's like there's more chess to it. Mm. Um, but there's also cards involved, so you could think of it like it's Slay the Spire or mm. one of those likes. Yeah. But you see your characters on a board, you can move like you could sort of think of it in either way, or even a Hearthstone, or whatever, because the the cards create abilities, and you have a certain amount of pips that you can use said cards and you create your deck and then use it. Like it's all the things that all the you things I like very yeah. much like yeah. while being, I don't, I, and I haven't fully encountered, I haven't fully embraced all the game systems. And it definitely is a game where oh, I was like, Oh boy, there's a lot of systems here. Um, but it's, it's definitely set up to be mobile. I don't know if it's mobile yet. Um, That's what scares it, me is that it's free to play. I saw that it was right. free to play. I was like, oh, from all know. the reviews I read, the reason why it was like, 
it's not pay to win. Yeah. It's good to get, you're good here. This is good. Okay. Um, it's steam reviews. I don't know, you know, um, but, uh, but it's a lot of fun and, you know, collect card, you collect, you have, you have minions like Pokemon that fight for you. Um, the music is quite pleasant. It's anime art style. You may like or not like that. I know sometimes you don't like it, but actually this is, you know, there's, there's something very pleasant about this. And there's like an MMO-ish quality. Anyway, it's a lot of things mashed together. I, I think it could be pretty special. It's very well-reviewed. Sometimes the games like this are very much not well-reviewed. Yeah. Um, right. So that's, that kind of triggered something in me. It's Waven. Um, I will check yeah. out Waven. Uh, before we move on to Christian's, I, I do, just because you're here, I want to ask you what your thoughts are on Baldur's Gate 3, because I don't think you mm. and I have even really talked in private about it. And, you know, Dan Trachtenberg and I met playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, big part of our lives and our friendship. What did you, what did you think of Baldur's Gate 3? It sounds like you bounced off of it a bit. I did. I, I haven't played that much. I think just because I was like, I, I was interested to have a more tactical experience, but I think I was overwhelmed. Um, and I made a monk and I wasn't quite seeing the benefit of it at the, at, at, when I was playing and I got nervous, I, I made the wrong, you know, and I was like, oh, I got, you know, but I'm sure I will get, I will, I just feel like I need to watch more video. I need to watch more like, this is how to play my, and I'll like, like, oh, okay, I'll be stoked to get more into it. Um, well, I also have to say, since you said that, I, I erroneously said two weeks ago that there was no way to respect your character or change your class when literally there's a person in your camp that will do that for you. So uh, I was right or... had that conversation with that character at the time that I said mm -hmm. it, and, but there is a way to change the class of your character very easily in Baldur's Gate 3. So everybody- Can you also got remain the same class? Can you remain the same class, but go back in your like- I think so. I think you can just completely or... like change whatever you want this character. You, it costs gold. It's not free, but- Interesting. You, yeah. I mean, but it is, it is, it is great. Um, and the storytelling is awesome. The performances are awesome. And the graphic, I mean, the really, the, I love, I love how it looks. Yeah, me too. Um, it's hard playing that in Diablo. And I, 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 I ended up playing so much Diablo 4. It's insane. Even though I like hate played it forever. until <laughs> like finally really enjoying it. Um, but and I played so many other ice games like it, and it's like, oh, but I love the art. Can I have more of this quality mm. in gorgeous 4K HDR buttery on you know? Yeah. And Baldur's Gate's so gorgeous. I love the dice because it's so similar to the other Larian game, Divinity. Yeah. Um, but having that dice thing in it yeah. gives you that the, the pleasure that D you know, D and D that board games yeah. do, where it's like. Uh, am I, you know, the, the, the luck that, that, that gambling, you know, yeah. um, fix. Um, so I like it. I, I don't know that I played it enough to, to come in any, sure. any deeper. Uh, yeah. And Christian, I, you know, back when we talked about it the first time too, you had said what, you know, what changed from two, three years ago, that was one of the things I neglected to mention was if you recall when we, we, when I first talked about it, I was like, they have to fix the dice rolling. They have to fix the dice rolling. Cause when the early access first came out, you would roll the die and it wouldn't tell you your, all your, um, all your modifiers. It would just like tell you whether you won or, you know, failed or, or succeeded. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, no. The joy isn't like, oh, 
I got a I got a seven, but I need a ten. Oh, plus two, plus one. Yeah, I did it. And the game had totally nails that now. You know, and I don't know how long it took them between the first iteration and now because I stopped playing it for literally three years. But um, when it first launched, when it first went into early access, they didn't do that right at all. And now, like you said, Dan, it is so satisfying to roll a dice and see your modifiers like slam and infect the number. You know, it's really cool. <laughs> All right, Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? So there is something that's not Starfield. I know people could say they're playing Starfield. I am not playing Starfield. There is another game that I've been putting a lot of time into, but embargoes in this show don't quite hit right. So I might put up a blog post about it uh, this week. If not, I will certainly talk about it next week. I can't right now. The other game that I've also been putting a lot of time in that I think is very interesting in terms of our no man's sky discussion that we just had earlier. And also for Baldur's gate three, I was given access to the early access for wayfinder, which is by, um, uh, airship, not airship, airship syndicate. Yeah, airship, yeah. airship, airship. I was thinking I have star in my head, airship syndicate who made Darksiders Genesis, which is a game I absolutely adore. It was one of my five favorite. It came out and a bunch of other genres as well. They certainly are not limited to one thing. And this is an action online RPG game that has a visual appeal more of Darksiders Genesis in terms of the the scope of the game. And it is very much an action RPG where you are doing things in real time and you pick your, you have a you know more stabby hero, a more tanky hero, a more shooty hero, a more healy hero. And it's meant to be this big online game. And it's hard for me to fully assess this game right now because most of my playtime with it, I probably put two hours in of honest to goodness playtime. So I don't want to like really dive into the nuts and bolts of the game itself because I don't think I've experienced enough of them for what this game is trying to be in terms of playing with other people and seeing as how from playing with randoms or with a party and what is that collaboration like and what's a big event like all the stuff that I think this game is smartly building toward but it is it feels early in that i've probably spent seven hours in queues yeah that's <laughs> that, rough that didn't end and there were times where i would just have my queue running on this screen and be playing a game on my console on my other like i have a two you know monitor setup here and i would peek over from time to time and the developers have been very transparent about it it seems i, I don't think they're lying but they've been set, talking about what's happening and having some issues and they think it's better now and people can get in and they've been, you know, apologetic. And I, I certainly don't think this was their plan for, for how this game would be first experienced. And then I've had a couple of pretty bummer disconnects where I'm doing the fun, you know, I'm in the nitty gritty. I'm playing as silo, which is kind of the, I have a gun and grenades and really cool character type. And this game channels, I think a lot of Darksiders Genesis in terms of, you know, a cartoony, but, lived in world if that makes sense but also it seems to hearken some overwatch in terms of the color and the animations are a little extra which is fun you know it's like they're big and when you're running my grenades are like bouncing you know you can see all of that and this really cool vibrant world that is a new ip bringing so much i don't know if it's lore or story yet <laughs> i feel i 
we'll see where it ends up in terms of how it pays things off or it's just building the world. But like this world that seems lived in and real and that you can play with friends. Um, but my, my real question is whether or not it can survive this early access style launch. And I hope so. Cause Baldur's gate, you know, Jeff, you talked about how things were rough around the edges when Baldur's gate three, when that came out and you were having fun with it and you were going to keep playing. And then you found out your save when it carry over. So you, you kind of put it away for a bit. But as we talked about for No Man's Sky, that game came out to not middling reviews, but not what was expected. And while it soldiered on, it certainly isn't revered in the way it otherwise would have been. And I just, I don't know if Wayfinder has the stickiness to to come back or what it ends up being when things are stable. So I will say I've really enjoyed my time with it but there hasn't been enough time with it for me to say, go get the founders pack, you know, get in early. This is going to be yeah. your next forever game or your party game. And right now it's, I think a, another reminder that launching big online games is tough. And um, it's kind it of is. been a, a bummer of an experience for me because there have been a lot of times I've wanted to play it and have been, um, you know, physically unable to play it to to get into the game and then have disconnect so it's hard to recommend right now i know it's early only early access but i think it's a you know put it on your pinterest <laughs> and, and sticky it and keep an eye on it because i think it's trying to do a lot right and from a studio i love it just hasn't had the launch that i would have hoped um it would have yeah I, i've been very anxious to try this one this has been on my radar for a while i love airship syndicate and i you know i i believe they can pull this off but I uh, I tried to get into it once. I logged on and I was told that I was twelve thousand five hundred and fifty fifth in line. To That's get pretty in. good from what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I sat there for a second and it was like, you know, and then it clicked to like twelve thousand four hundred and fifty seven. I was like, oh, that like maybe it'll just go down to two in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's yeah, gonna yeah, really yeah. gonna speed yeah. along. And then no, it's like, really oh. number by number here. <laughs> <laughs> For a That's, time, it was the opposite. It would take you to five or two or one, and the devs and they fixed that one. But it would hang at like your next, and so oh, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, tough. buddy, here we go." And then it would never. It's hard. I mean, obviously, this but, is early access, so you're not going to hold yes. this against the game um, because yes. it's early access. That's what early access is about: finding the demand, figuring it all out. But I, I, I'm very curious to try the game, and uh, you know, it's it's that's a that's a tough thing. You know, it's hard to deal with kind of cues like that. But you know. I believe in this developer and I hope that they uh, can, you know, weather that, as you said. It, you, they did Battle Chaser Night War too. Jeff. Yeah, I, I love that game. Yeah. yeah, same same art style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's worth underlining in comparison to No Man's Sky that it is early access. And it's also, I don't know, I don't fully understand video game business, but digital streams, the, 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 the people who made Warframe, who I'm uh, close to and, and worked on, uh, in directing the cinematic, not not the game, but um, they are publishers of it or something, or I don't know how. What is oh, it? Oh, really? They, I don't know. Release it yeah. or, or something. And and Warframe, is, and it's the very same stuff. That one of the reasons I'm so good to play it is that it, it feels like it's um, as opposed to the science fantasy of Warframe. <laughs> it is the fantasy fantasy looter, yeah. looter shooter, looter. Yeah. You know, I love this genre so much, and in an art style that is um, exciting. It seems like very colorful and exciting to pleasant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, but Warframe, when it came out, you know, also same thing. Same, yeah. Same Rough thing, launch. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. I and think that's a great point. Overcame. Yeah. If they give them the, the leash 
you know, and the resources to improve this. I think it could really be something because I'm playing, I think it's on PlayStation 5, maybe PlayStation 4 as well, but I'm playing on PC with my beefy GP and it is, it is gorgeous. It is definitely that cartoony aesthetic, but it is crisp and clean and the animations are cool. And I love real time combat. You know, it seems to be scratching all the itches where it's like, oh, is this, is this baby's first MMO? Are they tricking me? Am I, Am I playing an MMO? Um, I think there's a lot to like here. And I would definitely, for folks who had it on their radar, I know you're probably hearing some other early negative impressions because disconnects are very frustrating. But I would say keep it on your radar and hopefully they they iron it out. That's Wayfinder. Uh, and it's what it's on Christian's playlist. Um, my playlist, you already heard about On Guard, uh, still playing Baldur's Gate 3. You know, I have Starfield, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to play anything else at this point, but I did uh, put some time into a game that I mentioned when they had a demo. I think it was a Steam Next Fest demo that I went gaga over. I just loved it. Uh, it's a game called Hammerwatch Two. It has now been released fully uh, as a uh, you know as a as a game on on uh, Steam. I think it is coming to consoles at some point. I'm not sure when, but it is out on PC now. Hammerwatch Two. This is a really lovely pixel art, uh, top-down isometric action role-playing game, very much reminiscent of the old games that I cherish from my youth, Ultima uh, and, uh, you know, Might and Magic and, and some of those um, old-school RPGs. It's very, very much a throwback to those, but also kind of has some Gauntlet vibes to the old ar- uh, arcade game Gauntlet. Uh, you can play multiplayer. I have not experienced that, uh, but it, there's multi-classes, different classes you can play as, and it is this big, vibrant, vast world. I mean, the demo hinted at it, but man, the full game really drives home. This is a big world that has, it's just full of wonderful just little things. you need right now. <laughs> I know, right? It's too many big <laughs> worlds. I can't... Dude, you, you you know, you go for months and months and months going, oh, I'd, I'd love to just dig into an RPG. And then all the RPGs come out at the same time. Like Sea of Stars is coming out next week and all these yeah. like even smaller RPGs that I've been excited about. It's like, it's going to be swamped in RPG. Broken, Broken Roads was another one I'm excited about. But it's like Starfield and Baldur's Gate. It's just, you know, it's abundance of riches and I shouldn't complain, but I wish it was spaced out more so I could dig into each of these and give them all, all their own time. Anyway. Did you play the first hammer watch i did not and in in between the first hammer watch and this one there was a another game called something of hammer watch that was that the was heroes a, of hammer watch yeah yeah that's right there was a roguelite yeah. version set in the same universe that people loved i didn't play that either but um i i i really loved the demo of this and i got super excited because it, it just looks like ultimate it feels like those old games and it's this giant world and you're picking up quests and you're doing things but you've got that uh, arcadey combat where you're smacking things and shooting arrows and casting spells and um, you know little guys are running after you and throwing things at you and it's it's just it was just a blast playing the demo I think the, the I very much like the final game as well however the final game reveals some flaws that are annoying and I suspect will be patched out but are frustrating that persisted into a full release of this game notably the controller support is really strange. This is a game that you should play on a controller, I think. But it's like the it's like an afterthought. I, I find myself sitting at my computer 
playing mostly with the controller, but I have to also use my mouse to do things. Mm. Nope. Have you tried just nope. playing with mouse and keyboard? I don't like Period. that, Dan. I don't, yeah. you know, me, I'm left-handed and I don't, if I can play on a controller, I will prefer, I prefer, especially this game. It's like arcadey running around real-time combat, shooting things, twin sticks. It's twin stick shooter, basically. It's like, yeah. you know, you rotate like um, Akari Warriors or whatever, you know, you're, you're it's twin stick. So I want to be playing it, but like that, but like navigating any menus, I reach for my mouse. Cause it like, it, it, it doesn't play nice with the controller. Things are mapped weird casting even your your quick cast stuff which you're going to need in the heat of the moment is mapped weird and there's no way to change it and i'll accidentally pull up the menu of quick things when there's like dudes all around me and they don't stop it doesn't pause the game when it pulls that up so i'm getting attacked i'm like ah it's on my screen ah no it's just very clunky with the controller and i really hope they fix that also the game has a day night cycle which is cool but the day night cycle is weird because there's been a few times where I come back to town and everybody's asleep. And so you can't do anything because you're like, I want to turn in my quests and talk to my people and like sell stuff. And it's like, no, everybody's asleep. It's like, Good okay, for cool, them. Cool, cool. Work life balance, Jeff. Work life <laughs> no, balance. I'm banging on doors like, wake <laughs> up. I want to sell you a sword I found. Um, but. But also you can, it doesn't ever tell you, there's no way to advance time. You just have to like either wait or buy a bed at an inn. And I'm like, I don't want to spend my precious gold to just make time go by in the game. You know, it doesn't have the, the thing you get in all the Elder Scrolls game where you're like, you know, go ahead six hours or whatever. But then even if you do, if, even if you are buying time at an inn to sleep, there are certain quests that they don't tell you but do have a time limit. So you can literally like sleep through your turn in. And the, the guy will be like, oh, and I'm not no longer accepting that quest. Hey, and you're just like, what? What? Been there. Done that. You know, you we've all it. done that. You run to class. You're carrying yeah. your, your assignment. Your <laughs> anyway, so it's sort of old school like that. But I, I mean, I have a lot of affection for this game. I think it is really, really cool. It's just a bummer. If this had come out in like March, I would have put so many hours into this game. I would be all over this game. And, you know, now it's just, it, it, it is a really fun, different kind of RPG, throwback, old school kind of RPG amidst a bunch of really stellar AAA RPGs that are coming out that I want to put time into. So I, it is getting marginalized for me. And I think it's a bummer. I wish it was, had come out at a different time, but maybe I'll keep it, you know, I'll keep it on the Steam list. And maybe when time opens up, I'll return to Hammerwatch 2 which I think is a very, very cool game. Can, can you tell me about, maybe it's an unfair comparison to ask for, but compared to Diablo, like, is there, are there skill trees? Are you oh, getting yeah. abilities? Oh, are yeah. you leveling them up? Okay, There's real, yeah. really cool uh, leveling on all the different classes, and you can really specialize and like, make awesome builds for your characters. Like, Yeah, that is one place that Hammerwatch 2 excels is like all of the that's character customizations and stuff. Okay. It's awesome. All right. And the quests yeah. are fun. Like the, the thing that's wild is how big the game is. It's, you'll go into, uh, you know, what is like very early on in the game. I won't spoil anything later, but the very early on in the game, there's like a pirate cave and you get a quest, like go kill the pirates. And in most games you walk into the pirate cave and it'll be like, you know, a cave and there'll be pirates in it. This is this massive underground 
compound of pirate like it's massive it's just it goes there's all kinds of different huge areas and tunnels that go off into other areas and places that interconnect and it's like this, these pirates were living large in here yeah good for those pirates right yeah, yeah. but it's like <laughs> every part of the game is like that it's just everything is and there's tons of little secrets and parts of the wall that you can break off and you know find something hidden there and a switch that you'll find it's, it, it's got a lot of love in it it feels and i love i i really adore the pixel art of it as a pixel art game, it actually supports my super ultra wide resolution, which a lot of pixel art games don't. And it just looks so pretty, like expanded out on, on the sides like that. So I, I really like Hammerwatch too, but it does have a few uh, annoyances that maybe will get patched out by the time I return to it. All right. That's going to be our episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Dan Trachtenberg... It's awesome. Thank you for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you hanging out with us and talking games. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure is mine. Uh, tell folks uh, anything you might want to plug, how they can watch Prey or, or whatever you'd like to talk about. Well, we just announced. And this is why you had me on. Yes. Right? The timing. Energy. Of course. The announcement. <laughs> yes. The, the, the big announcement that we both know about. <laughs> the big you're, announcement. You're, I'll let you say because you're the guy. To, but we both know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Prey is being released on physical media um, because so many people asked for it. I cannot. I, That's awesome. The inundation on Twitter. I was able to forward all the info to the head of, and the head of 20th Century Studios happens to be a massive geek like us and loves physical media. And so it made, made it happen. That's great. Not really. I don't know that it has happened before. Maybe it has for a streaming uh, film, but um but this is not an everyday occurrence this is really special and awesome and unfortunately it's only vhs but it is physical <laughs> yeah that's cool right digibay it's on it's on it's on three quarter inch um but uh it's you know it's on it's on uh hd dvd and <laughs> it's on blu-ray and uh, it's 4k blu-ray and dvd and uh, there's like two hours uh, i we did a commentary me and amber and awesome uh, DP, I mean, crew, crew and cast uh, commentary, behind the scenes, uh, some deleted scenes that were in the film, like a previs for an action sequence that we cut out of the movie, but you can see the, like, early rough animatic for it. So cool. Um, and that comes out, uh, I believe, October 3rd for Spooky Season. Spooky oh, Season. Right before Assassin's get... Creed. Hell yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It pairs nicely with Mirage. The release date might move, you know, uh, just to make... No, I don't know. <laughs> Very cool. And there's a steel book for it. It's beautiful. Spy that's like really cool art. Yeah. And it's diff different arts on different versions of the disc. So, yeah. If there's any chance that you're listening to this program and you have not watched Prey, uh, you can watch it right now on Hulu and it's phenomenal. Uh, it is incredible, incredible movie. Uh, correct that immediately. Christian Spicer, what about you? Uh, what do you got going on this week? Uh, telling people not to get the physical version of Eat, Pray, Love. It's a different type of prey. Um, <laughs> it is also available. Beautiful steel book that you could go and uh, <laughs> that you could go and get. Um, this show is on Threads. I know there's been some X talk on this episode. This show is on Threads. If you want to follow that, DLC Hype Train is where you can find that. We had our first contest, Jeff. I don't know if you knew that. The was show, it a we, feel good motivational speaking contest? <laughs> Well, we did have we did have we talked about on uh, paid DLC on Wednesday show about the the number of uh, 
as feel good post that the algorithm serves the thing. So we did post our first uh, feel good. Yeah. Uh, it made me feel know, good. Thread. Good. Great. Awesome. That was what we did. Wait till we start posting the thirst traps. Uh, oh, those boy. are going to be coming. Oh, you've never, you've never been thirstier than when you see what uh, Jeff and I look like after a four hour gaming sesh. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're going <laughs> to, we'll send you pictures of our chair post gaming sesh. It's going to be intense. You're going to want to see those. So that's DLC hype train <laughs> on, on threads is where people can find that. The main thing promises I want to say. Promises made Christian on actual promises. <laughs> hey, hey, this was our contest. This was our contest. Oh, okay. What is Sarah's favorite game? Winner gets the answer correct. Who's Sarah? That's a good. <laughs> great, right? Exactly. It's a good, good, good content. Right. Good contest. Um, I'm going to guess frog types. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, play Sarah the music. Shows frog over. Types. We did it. Shows <laughs> over. Um, the main thing I want to say is that's not happening this week. Is feeling this? The we were on a perfect pace, and then travel and storms and work got in the way. So we we two more episodes for season two are coming. Uh, they don't have a release date as of yet, but they will be out soon. So I apologize to folks for having those not happen. Alex and I had really grand, ambitious plans for the last two. And um, apparently hurricanes and earthquakes and work and travel got in the way. So hopefully the two episodes will happen and then we'll see what happens in between. But apologies for the feeling this delay. Still lots of great feeling this episodes though. So if you're thinking about becoming a patron, you got all of season one, most of season two. Oh, great stuff waiting for you at any level of Patreon support. Uh, and then the paid DLC program, of course, for the Cool Ranch level. Um, for me, you can follow me still on uh, the various places at Jeff Kanata. I also have some, uh, other shows, including the film cast, talking about movies and TV shows. I have a sports show called The Fan Controlled Show. And We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show, all of which can be found wherever you get podcasts. Also, uh, the DLC Book Club. If you're a patron, you get the audio podcast version exclusive to you. But if you want to watch the video version, it's on YouTube and on my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Dan, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do, guys. I, I, I can't recall your affections uh, for avocado toast. Um, I don't know if it's I there or not. I love avocado toast. I, I, you may have seen this already. You may have already be aware of this. You may have, there, a thing came across my Instagram, um, and I, I asked my wife to make it for me, um, and it was delicious. And it... It looks like it's avocado to- bread toasted avocado on top with like a mound of like cheese on top, which <sighs> I actually would argue that's maybe what it should be. That also sounds very good. I say that sounds that sounds pretty great. But yeah. it's like so that could be funny. <laughs> but what it actually is is a hard boiled egg in a shredder, oh. shredded on top of the avocado. Warm, season it how you want to. Guys, it's awesome. Delicious, healthy, awesome. Hard-boiled egg in a, in a cheese shredder. So it shreds on top, the whole darn thing uh-huh. you get on your avocado. You bite into it. It's great. Did you, when I was a and little kid. And then you eat it and then swallow it. It's awesome. <laughs> wait, wait. What, and then what? 
No, th- when I was a kid. Do I chew it, Dan? Do I chew it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, you said you chew it. I'm trying okay. to swallow it and it's too big. <laughs> Dan, it's led me wrong. Um, when I was a kid, my mom had this thing. I don't know if they still make them because I feel like it was from, from a long time ago, but maybe they still do. But it was this thing that she would put an egg in and it looked like uh, a guitar. And it had, had, had oh yes, yes, and you'd go yes. bring, bring, slicing bring. it, yeah, and you yes. just press it down, and it would slice it into slices. Do they still have those? Yeah, I wonder. That's still, a great question because yeah, I feel like definitely... that's when you said grated. I didn't think of a, a cheese grater. I thought of that thing. I thought of no. The... It's that's what I mean. That would have been like yeah, I get it. Slice that gonna no, yeah. no. It's cooler than that because it's all. It's telling you, it looks like mozzarella cheeses on top, but it's healthy egg, but delicious i feel yeah. like that's a real skill i feel like trying to cheese grate an, a hard-boiled egg would just crumble it well it's like holding a block of cheese i don't know she does right. I don't okay know. your wife is amazing could i also saying. still yeah. add cheese on top though because i think I'd yeah, also I, still I know <laughs> but wait, if you mix them so it would be the same texture but it's a co- actually a combination of i mean that's pretty cool pretty cool it's pretty cool I'm into yeah. it yeah all right uh christian spicer top that how are you gonna what is your uh what is your <laughs> that's not a competition it's easy a competition. here's how i top it with a jeff what if we che- broke into our rendition of top <laughs> as soon as you it came out of my mouth i was like oh i've you can't I've made, it. Be <laughs> I made a terrible mistake <laughs> all right christian spicer no no, no please continue the internet wants what the internet wants Dan still remembers I- it from Freaking well, no, it was just forwarded. It was just paste posted to our Twitter, and I watched it. And Luna watched it and was oh, really? very scared. She was so scared <laughs> of why I was acting so weirdly. Um, you know, I want. I probably shouldn't say this on the air. I can cut this out if you want me to. But uh, you just said your daughter's name, and I. Uh, there's a game that we can't talk about yet. But the two main characters of the game are my son's name and your daughter's name. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Anyway. Oh, wow. What's your film name? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just glad that you gave the internet their late night thirst trap that I can now have on threads of uh, <laughs> yeah. Top That, which there is the sexiest game ever played on the internet. Um, my parting gift is the Descendants core film trilogy on Disney+. Plus. So they've made three. There's rumors of a four. Oh, my four. God. Christian, because you're Christian. I thought this was like they came out with a new album. Oh, The Descendants. The Descendants. You know what I mean? That's like, funny. I yeah. was like, funny. what? That you just blew my mind. I that, thought for sure yes. this was some pop punk thing. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah, yeah. Which yes. any other week, any other week it would be. Also, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an every. That's a standing both for T-shirts and for albums. Go get The Descendants. They're great. Um, my kids are super into them right now the films, the Disney movies. And these are Disney channel movies um, that are now, you know, consumed mostly on Disney plus. And they are absurd and of an era of these, you know, these made for TV Disney movies that were like the costumes. It's like, it looks like a costume. It looks like a cosplayer, you know, like there's that, that expense, there's no expense spared. And then there's spare some expense. And these are spare some expense, but played so earnestly for what they are. It's very much in the vein of like high school musical or well, it's um, the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Director and you yes. Know, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the basic premise is, you know, all the Disney characters live at the same time. So it's like Ursula's kid, I guess that's descendants to spoiler. Oh. Um, Corella Deville's oh, wow. kid. Um, live kid. action. It's live action. 
Ah. And then the good, like Beauty and the Beast kid is like the, you know, the prom king of the high school. And they let these, these kids from the bad Island where the villains have all been sequestered over to try to, you know, make the world a better place. And I think for people that are maybe our age now that were a little too old to watch these when they first came out on Disney channel that maybe now have kids and they're looking for fun, just kind of like we talked about for on guard, right? Like it, it wears its heart in its sleeve in such a wonderful way and is silly purposefully and just joyful and bright and just a good time. I think I have such fondness for some of these Disney originals that when I was a kid and then I missed these as I, as I got older and I'm so glad they exist currently on streaming and aren't one of these things that have been, you know, disappeared from libraries. So if you have kids that are kind of that late elementary or maybe even early middle and you haven't done the Descendants movies, musicals, one, some banger songs on there that are very much like of the era they came out. I'm like, who, what is this? Are they that old? Three, three is, three is 2019. Okay. That's not that, is that, oh my God. Well, it's new to you. It's post TRS. Yeah. Luna likes the music. She's afraid of, of, uh, of the of watching it, but loves the idea of it, and even went as Halloween as it, does, even though she never um, saw she was dressed as one of the characters. Yeah, but I love I love the first High School Musical. Yes, with the deepest of affection, and I, yes. and a part of that equation is um, this direct the guy is the guy directed Newsies, and he was Michael yes. Jackson's choir. You know, he's it's like it's a it's not there's other Disney Channel original things that are um, pup, pup and suds, you know, all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, you know, but 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 there's something to the catch, the pull of the High School Musical, and that was then infused, I think, in, in these Descendants movies with a better premise. And then I think the other, the latest version is the Zombies movies. Yeah, right. Which so we haven't done. That's where my kids are a little afraid. It's like I'm like, you'll uh, love it. And they're like, but it's zombies, and I'm like, but they is. sing. But yeah, but it, <laughs> but it's not. And yeah, High yeah, School Musical. Same. Is great, but it is like it's it's a very, you know, it's like this basketball player wants to sing. Is uh, now we're doing like a film cast on High School Musical. Uh, but Descendants, but Descendants is such, actually, yeah, it's yeah. it's such a silly premise from the get go that like Jafar's son and Corella Deville's kid are like of the same age, but as <laughs> but it just works. You just kind of let it all go, and and it is it's you let so it go, catchy. let it go. <laughs> hey one more one more bar and we can't release this episode it's too, it's too expensive but check it out with kids young kids i think you'll have the song stuck in your head in a good way and it's just fun it's just fun the descendants films and then if you're angry later listen to the descendants the punk band <laughs> i've never i've never heard of these it's the first time i've never heard of it so uh now I guess I got to introduce it to my kids. <laughs> uh, my parting gift, a lot of folks sent these sent this to me and I was really happy to see it. Uh, if you have been listening to me talk about the DLC book club that Lana Bashinsky and I are doing together, you know that we have embarked on a quest to read the Malazan Books of the Fallen, which is a 10-book series by Stephen Erickson, which also has a bunch of ancillary books. There's a prequel trilogy there's other books by Ian C. Esselmont, his co-creator, who did his own trilogies. And there's a bunch of books in this world of Malazan. And the, they're amazing. And Lana and I have been having so much fun talking about these books on the, on the book club. Well, the good news is, the, my, my parting gift is, 
that you can get all of the Malazan books that Steven Erickson has written, not just the 10, but the 10 and his prequel trilogy and a bunch of novellas and short stories he wrote in the world as part of the new Humble Bundle. The Humble Bundle does video games, but they also do books. There is a Malazan Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, if you don't know, is a, uh, a charity organization, helps raise money for various charities. You can pay what you will. It is a donation. And in, in exchange, you will get all of the Malazan books in EPUB format. There's been a bunch of people asking in, the, in our Discord whether EPUB is compatible with Kindle. It is super easy to do. I think Kindle has its own, uh, e you can email yourself an EPUB and it'll automatically populate. Or you can use a free program called Caliber, which does its awesome front end and makes it so simple. Anyway, it's just a great way to get these books, which I hold in the highest regard. I think these are some of the most incredibly written fantasy novels of all time. Everyone should know them. And you will support a good cause and you will pay what you will. So it is just it's a win, 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 win. Uh, check out the uh, Malazan Humble, Bun Humble Bundle. All you got to do is go to humblebundle.com and then click on books and you'll see it. It's right there at the top, the newest one, uh, Tours Malazan Humble Bundle. Okay, we also got a listener-suggested parting gift. <laughs> this one made me laugh. It comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com from Matthias, 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 from the island of Ramso in Sweden. I'm sure I mispronounced all of that, even island. Um, and here we go. <laughs> Matthias says, okay, enough is enough. I've been listening for years now to Jeff calling a smorgasbord a smorgasborg. And although I am intrigued by the idea of a sandwich fort, as a rep of the Swedish DLC and Filmcast listeners, I feel I have to take a stand. That said, how would you build a sandwich fort? Personally, it brings to mind another fine Swedish tradition, the smorgasparta, i.e. a sandwich cake. Try it, some, uh, try it sometime. They are delish. Well, this is the ombudsman for the smorgasbord signing off. Oh, and remember, better to be bored in your Borg than having a Borg on board. Regards. Uh, Pretty clever. Well done. Pretty clever. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I will admit that my entire life I've been calling it a smorgasbord which uh, evidently translates directly to sandwich fort instead of sandwich board, which is what uh, you're talking about when you get a, uh, a smorgasbord. Uh, so I am duly corrected. Thank you, Matthias. Uh, next, you'll have to correct me on how to pronounce your name because I'm sure I got it wrong. But uh, I will never make that mistake again. Smorgasbord, not smorgasborg. Because a borg is a fort. Uh, and I will ever start, Jeff, if you ever start a video game company, you should definitely call it Sandwich Fort Games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It just sounds like a, an indie game company. <laughs> you'll make it'll be released by A twenty four. You know, I love it'll, it. It'll work out really well. Sandwich yeah. Fort, yeah. Sandwich Fort Games. Um, just to uh, Sport. put a put a highlight on the actual parting gift here in that trying a Smorgastarta, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. Also, this is the sandwich cake. This is a real thing. Uh, uh, the Wikipedia page says a smorgastarta is normally made up of several layers of white or red, excuse me, white or light rye bread with creamy fillings in between. 
The fillings and toppings vary, but egg and mayonnaise are often the base. Additional filling may be very may may vary greatly, but will often include one or more of the following: liver pate, olives, shrimp, ham, various cold cuts, caviar, tomato, cucumber, grapes, lemon slices, cheese, and smoked salmon. It is served cold and cut like a dessert cake. But the types of sandwich cakes vary from meat, fish, and combinations and are never sweet. Oh, I was thinking of it in the other direction. I was thinking of it. Great idea. Cake in sandwich form. This is going to be <laughs> no. great. And you said bread and you said the cream. I'm like, yes, keep going. And then everything else was horrifying. And then, I went, and then, and then it makes sense. It's a, it's a sandwich that you eat as a cake, not a cake. Yeah, this is a, a yeah, this, this is a is cake. Also great. Yeah, cake in, in form, in. sandwich in substance. That's great. Yeah. Evidently a thing. Well, Have you- sandwich in, in like way in which it's placed on your palate. Yeah. I mean, a- I mean, a cake in terms of what, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's great. That's awesome. So there you go. Thank you uh, for the correction and for the uh, awesome parting gift. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you have other corrections for mistakes I've made literally my entire life. Um, Any that I've made, keep them to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of, I almost said TRS. That is weird. Uh, This this episode of DLC. Take take that, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look who's here now, loser. (laughs) Uh, Many thanks to uh, Dan Trachtenberg and Christian Spice for hanging out with me. Thanks to our Musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those fun bumpers. Our theme song was composed by White Cube, which is Jason Cherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, you can get swag for the show at dlcswag.com, which was created by Jesse J. Anderson. And if you'd like to make sure this show keeps going, support us at patreon.com slash dlcpod. Our patrons, uh, we owe a huge debt of gratitude. Thank you so much, patrons, for supporting us. Our top-tier patrons, our hype train patrons, get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I'm going to do right now. I have to tell you about these hype train patrons. Have you heard about them? Jason Novak and Taylor Wigert. Octavian Ratsiu and Chad. Christian Bravery, Josh Peake. Nick Strauss-Klein, Michael Stadler, Michael Buck, and Jackson, Travis, Mike Lombardo, and Soren Silk, and Yig, and the Spice Man Silencer, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show podcast, Zachary White, Jonathan Spice Man Forever Schlepfer, Stu Goss, Nate, Kevin Brazel, Jenny, and Ben, and Scott Hughes, and Dan Palmino, and Malcolm King, and Jimmy Radcliffe, and Mark Gowland, Mitchell Ness, and Jonathan Putney, and Will with one L. Harris, Jeff Luxack, Matt Bradley. Chris Zacharias, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Cheesy Bob, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, and Hank Patton, 
Sasan and Rob Rickman, Riley Knox and Flanagan, Anthony Goulas and Kyle Starr, Michael S., Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, Relentless Rex, John Sisko, Curtis from Louisville, and comedian Aaron Trahan and David Epp. Sure you can! Hyperboy 66, Scott Lambert, Brian Jordan, Joe DeFrank, Kevin Ede, Stephen T. Seifert, Tyler Buckwild Brode, Rob Wonder Rob Dominguez, and Dwayne T. Robinson. <laughs> All of these hype train patrons. Making this show possible. Thank you, one and all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.